In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm boring. My name's Evan. I'm your non-sexual life partner. I'm Ronnie. And we are currently in 1996. Whoa. I'm five years old. I'm also eh. five years old. I mean, it's it's August. My birthday's in October, so I'm Hang five on. for What's going people. on in 1996? We're it's covering like... the show Frequency, and it's it's a show. Sure is a show. But before it's we get into the show Frequency, episodes 7, 8, and 9, I have a question for my illustrious not-hosts. Spill it. Let me preface this. I've been watching a lot of Riverdale. I'm kind of yeah, obsessed. Yeah, you have. Love that Riverdale. And Riverdale is a great show about... Sexy, sexy, sexy. They're definitely not in high school, but they have a lot yeah, of sex. Say it. But they're, they're teens. Pl- they're pretending they're to be high sexy schoolers. Teens. It's and, okay to objectify them because they're not actually high schoolers. <laughs> um, and they solve murders because everyone gets murdered in their town by serial killers. So I've been watching a lot of that, and I've been watching Frequency, which has a lot of serial killers. So my question is this: If you were a serial killer, what would your shtick be? Ooh. Now, I'll go first to give you some time to think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my serial killer name would be The Hammer, and I would kill people with different hammers, and then I would remove all of their fingers and toenails, all of their nails, and I would mail their fingers and toenails to like journalists and the cops that were trying to catch me. Because those are the nails, get it? Hammers and nails? Mm-hmm. And I, I, would, I would maybe... Wear like a big hammer onesie <laughs> with like big white gloves. But I would use like a sledgehammer. You would use a sledgehammer. Would you dress up as a sledgehammer? No, I would dress like up a like a like it'd be like if I was a furry, but for like sure. carpentry tools. You could right? also get into like all the. I mean, are there non-animal furries? Like, are there? I don't like- know. I don't know if that's a thing. But yeah, it'd be like if I was a mascot for a, a mom and pop hardware store. Right. But I would, would, also, I, would you, I would beat people to death with a hammer. <laughs> you would also start remove a their fingers and toenails so have- and mail them to journalists and 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 detectives. You have put a lot of thought into this, Andy. <laughs> or perhaps none at all. Ultimately, <laughs> there's that. There's that. But get it, because like nails. <laughs> I, get the hammer. I get it anyway have, have you guys come up with an answer i've got a pretty good one let's hear it uh well you know how um uh we always say that we have like a diet pagan aesthetic yeah how we're all, like we really like candles and like rocks and moss and stuff uh but neither of us are pagan we just like that kind of woodsy ethereal look about things and i'm also a huge huge fan of the uh satanic panic in like the 1980s where um every time a crime would happen uh like criminologists and detectives were for some absurd reason convinced that it had something to do with the occult and satanism especially if it were young people like, if a teenager was murdered, like, the first conclusion they jumped to, no matter how innocuous things were, was like, oh yeah, this this was a, a sacrifice to Satan. These young people are Satan worshippers, right? So uh, I would probably, like, position my victims on, like, a pentagram and put a lot of extremely generic, uh, like, quote-unquote occult stuff like candles and some salt and some geodes and stuff like that and uh it would revive the whole satanic panic of the 80s where people are like oh my gosh satan worshipers are killing people for their satanic sacrifices for satan masses and stuff and i would just be real amused by that would your um would your serial killer name be panic 
at the D and D. I'm sorry, I enjoyed that immensely. I'm glad you did, Ronnie. I feel like it'd have to be. You so- could cosplay Brendan Yuri the entire time you're murdering people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's got a With real a top good look hat and all. Yeah. Whoa, oh, you went back to 2006, Brendan Yuri. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was talking about 2018, Brendan Yuri. No, no, you got a fever you can't sweat out. That's, that's a satanic panic, Brendan Yuri, if I've ever seen one. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's that. one where he literally is Satan. I feel like my serial killer moniker would have to be something more quintessentially 80s, though, like like El Diablo or something like that. Something that's not very clever or well thought out, but is uh, very, in a pedestrian way, linked to Satanism or the occult. I could totally be the goat man. You would have to leave dice over their eyes. Yeah, yeah. D20s on the eyes. Oh, for sure, yeah. Anything I can do to link this to Dungeons and Dragons, absolutely. All right, Ronnie, Ronnie, what's your deal yeah. as a serial killer? What's your moniker? What's your uh, your MO, your trademark? So I think similar to Andy dressing up as a hammer, which is, which is still a great bit, I would dress up as a giant bunny and I would send the police painted eggs that when they crack them open there are clues inside to find murder victims who have been stabbed by sharpened carrots that's commitment to an aesthetic i will yeah. i will grant you up their butt I, no i mean i don't, I don't feel like that's the most i don't feel like that's the, the like the most efficient way to kill somebody well i don't think a carrot's the most efficient way to kill somebody to be honest carrots aren't that rigid yeah you dry them out a little bit you know, dry them out, sharp, get them nice and sharped up. Um, that was me sharpening a carrot. Um, I think, you know, it's not supposed to be easy. If it's easy, then it becomes the movie Prom Night, which I saw back in high school, where the the bad guy just, like, killed everyone with the same, like, knife. It was the same way that he killed everybody the exact same way. It wasn't interesting How unoriginal. Yeah, maybe maybe every now and then I kill people with a parsnip. I didn't see that or, coming. You know what you could do is you could make like arrows out of carrots, like tip your arrows with really sharp sure. carrots. You could, sure. you could, uh, I don't know, put one through like a, a baseball bat and hit them with yeah. that a lot. I could load up some baby carrots into a into a machine gun <laughs> and just bracket that. Ooh, ooh, or you could. Uh, Surgically put a bunny inside someone, and then the bunny would eat its way out. What the fuck? Yeah, that's a little that that took <laughs> a turn too far. A little too far. Yeah, I don't know where the line is, guys. I'm I've been thinking up about as a bunny. I've been thinking about becoming a serial killer for a while now. Getting <laughs> yeah, ready clearly. for this question, so I'm I'm dressed. I'm I'm the bunny. I'm like the I'm, you I'm the bunny. You could mail the victims' families live bunnies. Cosplaying their dead loved ones. What are you? We need. We need to end this bit. <laughs> yeah. Just be like, I'm sorry, I took Ted from you, and then here's a little bunny with like Ted's favorite tie, but like, but like bunny sized. <laughs> you know, Ted's favorite tie. <laughs> he would have tie. like a little little briefcase, like Ted always carried. All right. What show are we talking about? Hey, Andy. Remember when I when I said I would. Uh, <laughs> when I said I would, yeah, I would kill you if you hurt Axel. Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, this I is actually. Axel. I, I feel like Axel. this is more extreme than that. I feel like you're. Uh, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> yet. 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 That is the the biggest yet I've ever heard in my entire listeners. Life. If you're a cop, you have to tell me. You have to tell me right now, listeners. If you're a fucking cop, that's not. How Otherwise, it's entrapment. That's it not how that trapping. works. You got an email ending no. pending right now and tell me if you're a cop. Y'all are so wrong. You don't know how the law works. All right, let's talk about this fucking show. All right. Yeah. Um, the frequency is the real crime here. This show, this show that we are watching. What's it, it called? It sure is a show. It's called Frequency. Um, and the frequency with which I am bored is very high. <laughs> um, I wasn't a good joke. Don't laugh at that, Ronnie. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's you know. Um, all right, so we watched episodes. 
7, 8, and 9. Uh, except that Andy and I started watching episode 6 over again. Episode 7 over again. Episode 7 over, uh, we watched it a couple days ago and then like watched the other two episodes today. Uh, and we did not realize that we were watching the same episode over again for a good 15 minutes. We literally thought we were on episode 8 and yeah. that it took us 15 minutes to realize we were rewatching 7. Yeah. So that should Good be going, an, y'all. an indicator of um, the the volume of intrigue in these episodes. So they focus mostly on this whole like personal family drama that uh, Frank and Julie and then uh, Raimi and her boyfriend, not boyfriend, alternate timeline boyfriend, except boyfriend again are having. Uh, so in episode seven, uh, Frank had a mistress when he was undercover named Miracella, and she was like into some crimes or something. She was like dealing drugs or something like that. And, um, Miracella like turns up out of the blue. And so Julie, Frank's wife, thereby discovers that he was having an affair while he was undercover which we, the audience, already knew, but I guess Julie didn't know. Julie and Frank are, like, having a big fight, and then Julie is, like, making out with Raimi's softball coach or whatever. It's all this interpersonal drama that they're having, and they're, like, they already are separated and blah, blah, blah. And meanwhile, in the plot, Raimi and, uh, what's his name? Satch, her her dad's old partner trace evidence of the nightingale killer to this abandoned christian camp in the mountains where they suspect that he killed the the camp nurse back when he was attending camp there and we get all kinds of sort of neat spooky serial killer stuff at this abandoned camp with all these crosses and christian imagery and stuff like that so that's that's pretty cool, but uh, we just get a little little taste of that to connect us back to this Nightingale Killer thing. Then in episode eight, woman named Megan who is in a mental health clinic and is widely considered to be unstable tries to contact Raimi about this guy Joe who was a deacon at the camp. Nobody seems to believe her. She's, like, saying that he's bad and crazy and gonna kill her and stuff. But she's, like, a crazy person. But, of course, like, we as the audience know that she's obviously right. And this guy's the the serial killer. In the original timeline, Raimi had this South African boyfriend. And then in the now timeline, now that she's fucked with the past, he's not her boyfriend. But uh, she's kind of, like, stalking him. And he kind of falls in love with her and now they're banging even though South African boyfriend like has a fiance or whatever. So then they have all this interpersonal drama. He's like lying to Raimi about his fiance and they're like doing their thing. And it's weird that he's fallen in love with her, even though she was stalking him, which is a little weird. Uh, Okay. And then in episode nine, Frank is trying to expose Stan, who was the corrupt cop who it's it's like his superior, the corrupt cop who attempted to get him killed, but that timeline was averted in like episode one. Frank's partner uh like reports him for it because he's like, You're going rogue, my dude. You're not you can't like just go outside the law and like set up a guy. You gotta do it legit, which is so weird because they've broken so many laws in so many investigations and stuff. This seems like a weird stance to take. But, um, and then Megan, the mentally ill woman who was accusing the the camp deacon of being a serial killer, she gets abducted and Raimi breaks into this guy she was accusing, uh, they call him Deacon Joe. She breaks into his house, and he attacks her, but then she shoots at him, and he runs away, and she doesn't chase him for some reason. Instead, she digs through his house and finds a mummified corpse in there. So, 
Anyway, it's episode 9 out of 13, and we all know who the serial killer is now. And then at the end, Frank implies that he's just going to kill this guy in the past to solve all their problems. So that's what's been happening. And that's again, what's up in frequency. Again, it's confusing because you have to explain multiple timelines that are happening here. Uh, yep. So I hope that was clear enough. Sure thing, sure thing. All righty, let's just jump right into it. Uh, Andy. Yeah. These three episodes of the CW's Frequency. Uh-huh. Are they working for you? Um, no. Okay. Okay. No, it's boring. Evan. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm going to have to uh, agree with Andy. Um, it's very difficult to stay focused on this show. There's so much happening that I don't care about at all. And the stuff that I do care about, um, they're not really handling the best way, I don't think. So, unfortunately, sorry, listener, Joe Hines. I feel real bad, but no, I don't like it. It's not working for me. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Hi, Ronnie. Hey. Is it working for you, Ronnie? Is it working, Ronnie? It is. What? Yeah, but just, but, I mean, again, same as it's been, or same, let's go back to like <clears throat> the first three episodes where it was just barely not working. This is just barely working. Okay. Um, I feel like there were some things in episodes seven and nine that make it like, I don't know. There were some choices made. That I was okay with, and some things agreed. There were still a lot of boring stuff, as y'all talked about, but uh, it's pushed it just enough that I'm like intrigued um, and on board. I can respect so, that. I respect yeah. you, Ronnie. Thank you. Thank you. It feels good to be respected for liking a show for once. Um, it's extra so hard get... to take you seriously right now, also because you got that dumb thing on yeah. your face. Well, but... I mean that also could be yeah for for listeners that can't see me, which is all of the listeners because it's an audio medium. Um, I have a big old uh, cold compress on my eye. It's a little puffy. It looks like a diaper. It. I've got a face diaper. It's a cold, cold <laughs> face diaper. Um, and I'm not. Maybe the reason that I enjoyed it is because I was only watching the episode with one eye. Um. <laughs> I, I only I th- my right eye is what sees all the negatives, so uh, I didn't I didn't see any of those this time. But but who knows? All right, well, let's let's start with the positives because we'll we'll get it. We can we can have a little bit of debate over the the negatives. Um, floors open. What's what's good about what about these uh, three episodes of Frequency worked for us? We're almost done. <laughs> That's valid. You're being the, a little you're being a little harsh, Andy. I I'm, mean, I know where you're coming from, but you're you're hitting it a little hard. I'm, I'm done with the show. I'm right. sorry, gang. I'm sorry. Well, let uh, me let me present some some thoughts since I since the, these three episodes worked for me. I feel like episode seven is simultaneously the best episode of the series and the worst episode of the series. Um, as we talked about, we start to get into this creepy, creepy camp. With all kinds of like Renaissance Christian imagery or medieval Christian imagery and crucifixes and 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 all that creepy stuff and and things start to come to a head. We get a little bit of Satch's background and why why that character is compelling. Ronnie, uh, I, I was there with you. Like you and I talked yeah. about episode seven yeah. uh, a few days ago, and I was all there. But then they didn't uh-huh. do anything with that shit. It's only in episode seven. They didn't expand on it at all. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. I actually liked episode seven as well. Had the other two been as good as episode seven, uh, I could have been turned around on this show uh, because I I feel like it is billing itself as like uh, a, a procedural with a twist. And this was the most interesting from a procedural standpoint that we've had so far. We got all this like, weird spooky serial killer stuff uh this weird spooky ca- I, I was raised catholic so i'm like ooh, look at all the like catholics love all that that crap that idolatry that idolatry crap you know yeah, sure yeah so like i was like ooh, we're gonna get a killer with a with a real weird motive with some kind of bizarre dan brown da vinci code type motive 
I can dig that. I mean, it's a little done at this point, but I can still dig it. That's still real interesting. So yeah, I was totally on board with episode seven. I, I agree with you, Ronnie. There was some good content in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but and yeah, they just fell I, off a ledge after that, I feel like. Cause we got- I, def- I definitely agree with you that, that, that like the episodes that come after episode seven don't support the weirdness because that's what we've wanted this whole time is for this show to be as weird as it possibly could be. I think I guess I've just accepted the fact that it's never going to be as weird as I want it to be. So that little taste of something weird and then, you know, the subsequent Deacon Joe being kind of the, he's the nightingale. We know, we know that um, was enough to like, just give it that little taste of weird. And we'll talk about that later. I still know that the show as a whole is working for me, but these three episodes were as close to working as as it has so far. Gordo's great. I think we can all agree with that. Gordo is the best part of the show still. Great but underused, but still great. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of, I don't have a lot of strong opinions on Gordo, but No. Mm. Um, I have, literally every episode I have a note that says Gordo remains the best. Um, uh, I have I have a hot take. Go ahead. Uh, I think had they build this show as like a romance drama instead of baiting us with this uh, sort of sci-fi element, we we might have felt differently about it because yeah. that seems to be more what it, it's trying to focus on, like this family dynamic thing, this uh, relationship thing. I was I was so drawn in by this like time travel communication premise that I just want more of that and I feel yeah. like that is such a background element which is unfortunate like yeah it almost doesn't matter that they are communicating across different time periods cuz uh, Evan it doesn't matter at all yeah <laughs> it, it, it is it, a a well, background these, piece of this show in these three in these episodes it certainly hasn't i i would argue in the first couple episodes it did. oh of course of course yeah. uh so like overall for the show like it mattered at first but it doesn't like they might as well not be in separate timelines because the timelines yeah. have sort of become discrete unto themselves and they haven't screwed with the past enough in a long long time to do any kind of Uh, to have any kind of impact so Mm -hmm. uh because the show the whole like synopsis of the show was this cop's talking to her dad through time with a ham radio i feel like i was set up with that expectation that it was going to be a weird maybe not even a weird sci-fi show but a show with some sci-fi elements folded into it that would continue to be incorporated as the show went along and mm-hmm. it is very much not that. It's very much a standard cop procedural with a strong focus on uh, romantic relationships and stuff like that, which is not necessarily bad. Right. But I wanted so much more out of the the sci-fi concept, basically. You should watch the movie. Okay. Maybe the movie's great. Could I, be. I've never seen the movie, but... Yeah, I mean, so... As- as we talked about before, like what you said, Evan, like this is just a very pretty standard police procedural, except it doesn't follow the tropes of a standard procedural. Like it doesn't give you that satisfaction at the end of an episode or the end of two episodes. And maybe that's what did it for me this time was just that like we got some clues. We got some like we yeah. ha- we have an idea. And like the 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 bad guy got shot. Like like th- there was some like retribution there. We know what is what is the steps that are going to be taken now instead of just like this isn't a show where you can kind of like start at the beginning and guess what's going to happen it's like oh here's these clues that appear out of nowhere and 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 the officers are going to piece it together what i'm interested in at this point is it feels like it's becoming two different shows where the future is remaining that police procedural and it is um you know Raimi is still doing her thing and trying to investigate and and there are you know Satch is very much chastising her for for broken window policing um and they still have to follow some rules whereas like Frank in the past he 
you know, I, I felt like the cemetery scene where uh, Frank tries to get Stan on tape um, being a corrupt cop and it doesn't work out. I felt like that was pointless until like it, it talks about how, you know, Satch ta- says how you're going rogue, you're going away, you're you're breaking from this. By the end of this episode, I don't feel like this is a police procedural in the past anymore. This is like a vigilante story. This is this level of like him saying, I'm going to kill this murder, this, this, you know, Deacon Joe doesn't feel as gross to me as some of the extrajudicial stuff has earlier in the season because he's essentially not a cop anymore. Like, like he, he is kind of left that behind, pushed that away from him. And now he is going to just be crazed with trying to murder this person and that feels that feels interesting to me that it's like they're splitting they're, they're it's not two competing cop stories one is a cop story and the other is you know if her dad had been a vigilante this whole time and when they got on the radio together they were arguing about like they were trying to work together but also arguing about method that would have been fucking rad yeah, that could have yeah. been really interesting. Maybe yeah. we'll get that for the final three episodes. That could still be really cool. I think, and I think that's what I think it's. It's this level of Raimi being the cop, being someone who's supposed to work within the law, and and really putting her her foot on Frank's throat, being like, "No, you have to," you know, like she says, "Cut this off at the trunk. You need to kill this person. <clears throat> Screw the law." Whereas Frank is like the vigilante and not really a cop anymore, but still has misgivings about the way that he's handling it. Like I, there's there's an interesting dichotomy to be had there. I don't know there because Raimi has been thus far so completely willing to like push Frank to like breaking right. all kinds of laws and to break mm-hmm. all kinds of laws herself. Because as we've said. She clearly doesn't think there's any consequences because the timeline, like, she's just like, yeah, fuck this timeline where my mom's dead. We're going to start a whole new timeline. Mm-hmm. So I don't imagine that there would be a lot of friction there because if uh, if Frank is going rogue and going to be a vigilante and just handle this whole Nightingale thing his own way, uh, I have a hard time imagining Raimi doing anything other than being like, yeah, do it. Go for it. Right, right. Shoot him. Well, I mean, so. Yeah, that's a, and, and and I think that what you're going to have is Frank. Can't, we see Frank early on in this, like I think episode one or two. I guess it must be episode two. Somebody says like, "Oh, we should take him out," right? And Frank is like, "That's not how we do things." So like, like there has you know, even though Frank has been following Raimi's lead a little bit, there is a history of, or at least a, a, a an attempt to establish a character of you know, trying to do the right thing, trying to do things by the letter of the law. So I think maybe like in that last moment that comes out of him a little bit and that could be worth something. I don't know. Do we want to talk about, I I know the answer to this on y'all end. Do we want to talk about the relationship between Frank and Julie? Oh no. mom. Because I'm here's, on board with you. I'm ready to tear the... Like, I, I, this the is, deal. This is definitely the negative part of the show. Here's the deal, dear listeners. Um, Frank, it's revealed in flashbacks, did not tell his wife he was going undercover. Statch accidentally, like, revealed it to her. And then Frank's dad went undercover for two years, and they never had a sit-down talk about, like, what he might have to do undercover... They never talked about what it would be like for her, like, on the day-to-day side, emotionally and, like, financially. They had zero communication about any of that shit. And then Frank comes home, and they still don't have a talk. At no point do they sit down and, like, does Frank talk about what he had to do or what he went through while undercover. Uh, So... This relationship is so dysfunctional. It is so toxic. And it is just garbage. And everyone keeps beating up Frank about, like, shit he did while he was undercover. Like, dude, you're a bad guy. Like, you lied to people. And it's like, guys, he was fucking undercover. Yeah, like, that's he was what an undercover, undercover means. He was, he was pretending to be someone he's not. Like, that is the point of being undercover. And so all these side characters giving Frank shit for being an undercover cop, for doing undercover cop things, is just bizarre. Like, it makes no sense. Yeah, 
That's not like that's separate from his issue with his wife, whom he absolutely should have told before he was given this assignment that he was going undercover. That's a whole different yeah. issue. Her her but, her complaints are totally valid. Everyone else being like, "You lied to me." Like, yeah, he was a fucking cop. Like, you were selling drugs. Like, what did you think yeah. was yeah. just going to happen? One thing that is 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 bothersome to me still from the first episode is that like this show just like focuses hard on violence against women because it's there's only one murderer through the whole show and that's their their mo and that's something that just you know excuse me out complimentary point to that they're fucking male nurses yeah, clearly not in this universe, <laughs> and clearly, clearly this this murderer wants nothing to do with that. They're, they are super duper safe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been watching this, and and Kirsten, to her credit, was enjoying it for a little bit, but she has kind of had to say, mm, "This is not for me," because of you know the violence against women to be being such to that nth degree, and like, ooh, this woman, you know, in order to save these people had to like cut herself and and hurt herself and it's like it's just really really tired that like this kind of Mm -hmm. like mentality and violence is is what is the at the core of the show like you could have you could have gone a different a lot of different directions and brought in a lot of other murderers who didn't have strictly that mo but you didn't and so or like evan said like kill some kill some dude nurses yeah some dudes there's so many male nurses kill some dudes that's, I mean, that's that's my rallying cry in general. It's just like kill more dudes. Yeah, it's also super dark. Like not from like a subject matter standpoint, but just from like a lighting standpoint. Oh, I can't yeah. see everything anything. Is, feels is. like Zack Snyder filmed this shit. Yep. Yeah, that, she's going through like that cubby hole. In the, she's going through that cubby hole in the attic of like the the duffel bags of of gross stuff. And like, I can't tell if I'm supposed to be shocked or not because I can't see what she's looking through. <laughs> Yeah. Is it a body? Is it just like smelly socks? Like I don't know. Can't tell. Too dark. Put some oh. light on this. Get one of those '90s neon windbreakers. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I that still bugs me that you can't tell the timelines apart. Yep. No yep. one. No one is dressed in '90s clothes. No one has. It's just grunge. 90s hair. It's just grunge. Is like the only '90s aesthetic, which like is 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 coming back. So it's like it's hard to like. You know, pin it down like all the clothes they're wearing. No one be. has a fanny pack. No, it's all suits and grunge, and that's it. Even the suits don't feel like '90s suits, though. No, no. Also, every glove that they keep buying, child Ramy. Uh, I worked at Dick Sporting Goods for a while, so I've got some inside info. They are buying her A two thousand Wilson A two thousand gloves. Those are, I mean. In modern day, those are like between two fifty and three hundred dollars a pop. So, like, I don't know what kind of softball prodigy they think little Ramy is, but the fact that they she takes a pair of scissors to her original A two thousand, and then surprise, we got you another high end, literally the most exp- one of the most expensive gloves on the market. Again, it's like the budget. I guess all the budget on this show went <laughs> went to rosary beads and baseball gloves. Also, can we talk about future fiance? Yeah, because I don't care. Yeah, I don't give a <laughs> shit about that guy. I love his accent. Um, South creepy. African accent, his choice. They did but. not set the relationship up before the time stream flipped, and I just do not know what. Like, I don't. Yeah. I don't care. And Raimi getting mad at him for still having his other fiance is also bizarre. Yeah, she was definitely the one stalking him, and now she's mad at him because he's engaged. What the fuck? What the fuck, girl? Also, she was having, like, timeline sex with other people. Like, I don't get why she's upset that he's having timeline sex with other people. I I mean, I, I, I think that, like, at that point, she's trying to, like, distance herself from that a little bit. But he keeps coming to her and being like, hey trying to bone down and like it's probably hard in her mind to differentiate like her actual reality that like they've had this relationship for so many years from like oh now i'm this i'm the other woman here and but you keep wanting to come to me but you're not willing to do what you have to do 
if you really want to make this a thing. It, it definitely seems like like towards the end of episode nine, they are trying to like, okay, now we're going to make things back to the way they were. We're going to take things back to normal. And back in the old timeline, there was no Nightingale Killer in the future. Nightingale Killer had been dormant for a while. So we're going to start to turn back the tide by having Raimi with South African boyfriend and having uh, Frank and his wife back together. And things are getting back to normal. But it's like we they didn't spend any kind of time establishing what normal was and why we should want normal. Why should we want like the the pre radio time travel reality? It was less unwatchable this time. More just boring. There have See, been I'm... times in the past episodes where it's like I I can't I cannot continue giving this my time. And this is just like, well, this is, you know, I'm not a huge police procedural person. Police procedurals to me generally feel like background noise. And this feels like background noise. So it slots in with like, you know. I want weird murder stuff. Here's my deal with it. In episode seven, when they showed this camp, I was so fucking stoked. Like the camp was so creepy and they were investigating it and it was weird and it was unsettling and there was all this great like gothic imagery. And I was like, you know what's going to happen? There's not even one nightingale. This camp has been like brainwashing children and training them to be serial killers. And there's multiple nightingales. Like what if it's a group of like 12? Like that'd be fucking rad. And like what if some of them had infiltrated the police or the hospital or something. And like they had to figure out who the nightingales were. And there was a bunch of them. And then they would have to track down who the main nightingale was who's been training these people. And it wasn't any of that. It's not that, like, I had false expectations, but, like, I'm fine if, like, my crazy wackadoo theory isn't what happens, but for it to just be, like, some random dude who's not even disfigured or anything. He's he's just a plain-looking guy. Also, it is weird to me that, like, we clearly have, we know who the Nightingale is, and it is not the end of, like, we're, we're, like... Nine episodes out of 13, I feel like finding out who he is for sure. I mean, a lot of shows give you strong hints, but this is so beyond strong hints. Like, we know who it is. If it's a misdirect, it's a really weak misdirect because there's no secondary threads for that one friend to be like, I fucking told you. There's there's not a misdirect. Like, it's just... It, it's the guy's clearly, name is Joe. It's clearly this guy. And we're way far away from the end. So, like, where's the suspense now? Because we know who he is. There's nothing for us, the the viewer, to be puzzling out and piecing together. That's a sort of, like, two-part season finale thing where you reveal who he is in part one and then you have some kind of showdown in part two. Either you catch him or he gets away but in some kind of dramatic fashion and then season two is... Uh, his prodigy or he moves to a new town or something like that. They do make a specific mention about this brother of Megan um, that, you know, he said that he thought that Joe killed their mom and then he stopped coming. So they assume that Joe killed him too. Um, and Raimi calls out that they didn't find Joe's body, that the brother's body. I, I, I think that could be a, you know, a thing that's, maybe coming that they kill like there's finally this like intense moment frank works up the courage and kills joe but the murders keep happening and they realize that it's actually his son who's been kind of like doing copycat killings uh in the in the future i mean that would certainly be more interesting but i would be surprised and a little alarmed because i don't feel like that was narratively set up at like that 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 was like a throwaway mention. I feel like that wasn't. Yeah, but that's but it, but it's something there yeah. that I'm that I'm holding on to hope that like this show becomes they got to do something like these last thirteen ep- these last three or four episodes are not just like all right now we're gonna break into a dance number like it's not gonna <laughs> like they're not gonna fluff it up. Um, something has to happen, and so I'm just trying to figure out what that could be. I I I, I think that. An interesting thing would have like be Frank just kind of leaves his gun and his badge on the table, goes on the lamb and just like you know Rambo style hunts 
hunts this guy through the woods. I think that could be compelling and interesting. I don't know how they do that for three or four episodes, but also they were playing a real live video game in this, not like a, a made up video game for TV. That was pretty cool. I didn't. I wasn't paying that close attention to. The they video were playing game. some Gears of War. It's a classic Xbox title. It's like the only good Xbox exclusive there is. Xbox, where are you at? Um, I've never played Gears of War to be honest with you. So. They got a. The, the guns have a chainsaw in them instead of a bayonet, and you can jump on zombies and chainsaw their heads <laughs> off with your gun. Fab. Yeah. So does anyone want to change their answer for who they think the seer the murderer is? It's Gordo. It's still Gordo? Gordo. Gotcha. Yeah, we unanimously no, decided Gordo. Gordo. It's not Gordo. Um, I, I don't think it's true, but I'm going to go with my cult theory because that's a better TV show. Yeah, that would I think be it's better. a good season two. That would be a dope season two if this camp was just churning out serial killers. Yeah, I think it's probably the priest, the 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 Joe, the Deacon, Deacon. Joe. Um, but I do think that this Deacon Joe has a has like a line, like he's he's intercepting the talk box, the radio transmissions. So that puts puts him a step ahead. What if a future angel was telling him about? Or demon was telling him about the, the future, and that's how he was getting away with his crimes. Could be. He's trying. Uh, he's trying to use the rosary beads to like get, like, no demon, be gone with you. Well, no, he's using those rosary beads to communicate instead of a ham radio. With demons? Yeah, sure. Just whispering into them and then holding them Look, up. To I don't his know. Ear. I don't know how Catholic shit works. I was a Protestant. We um, have rosary beads. You do kind of talk into the rosary beads. That's yeah. a part of it. You just say the same things over and over and over and over again. Kill nurses. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Step one, kill nurses. It's it's supposed to be like a meditation thing. Step two, send creepy letter. Step three, prophet? But prophet like in the biblical sense. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Evan. Yes, Ronnie. This whole kit and caboodle show, is it working for you? No, no, not really. Uh, it's certainly not. It's certainly not the worst show we've watched by by a long shot. It's it's not a terrible show, but I just don't I don't care about it. So no, Andy. Sorry, um, Andy. If you really like cop shows, or you really like spouses cheating on each other with time travel, then it's the show for you. But, but uh, I mean, I feel like if those things were done well, I would like both of those things. Just watch any, Riverdale. Any, just, why watch Frequency yeah. when you can watch Riverdale? Why watch anything when you can watch Riverdale? Riverdale's so good. It's so s- good. It's so good. It's so good. Everyone's so attractive. Sorry, Evan. Anyway. I was going to say, any any premise done with enough skill can be really interesting. That's but, true. Yeah. Um, Frequency is just okay. Um, it's, it's not working for me, but it's just okay. If you really like people named Raimi... You, there's a character named Raimi. There you go. Uh, that's not my aesthetic. That's not what I'm looking for in a TV show. Hey, Ronald. Hey, yeah. The show as a whole. Episodes uh-huh. one through nine? Nine. Nine. How's how's that feeling? Uh, it's not working as a whole. Would you recommend were, it to a friend? Um, Probably not. Hmm. Probably not. Do we have the response Gen- from our poll? I'm really excited about this poll. Oh, yeah, we can look at the poll. We got a couple of housekeeping things to look at. In our most, most recent episode in our feed, we wrapped up our trilogy, our epic drunk Smallville trilogy, um, where we were very drunk. So drunk. Very drunk. Don't, the last don't episode remember was, much of what was said. The last episode did not have much content in it because we were so drunk. It was nigh unlistenable. Yeah. Sorry. It was great. I enjoyed it very much. Um, So in our poll, we we asked, who's your favorite drunk Andy, alternate universe Clark Kent? Uh, Because drunk drunk Andy has a real hard time with saying the name Clark Kent. In a tie, right off the top, we have Mullark. That's, that's, That's Mark with an L in the middle. 
I think it might have been around the time when we were talking about Mitzelplik. <laughs> um, and also, Lark. Lark without the M. Like the morning bird. So, I voted for Clark. Clark is good. Clark is very good. Clank is good. I love all of my children equally. I do not yeah. show favoritism to my, to my sweet, sweet good boys. Don't, don't talk to Andy or their sons ever again. Um... Clint was a good one, just because of Clint McElroy. Clint's um, trying his hardest. So thanks, thanks everyone for uh, for li- listening to that that train wreck of a of a of a semblance of voices. I won't call it like a podcast episode. We just kind of strung together ideas for three hours. Oh dear goodness! Also, in other news. We have a new iTunes review. What the fuck? We get iTunes reviews? That's still a thing. Oh, wow. wow. We haven't had one of these in so long. Yeah. I know. From Brooke A. Brooke A. Paranormal Road Trip. That sounds like it's another podcast. That sounds fucking rad. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't Um, know a Brooke. This is like an actual stranger. Mm-hmm. Who has just happened upon our podcast and left us a review? What we're a very, blessing! We're very sorry, Brooke. <laughs> uh, Brooke said, "Love it." They they said, "Does anyone else find themselves talking to their radio in response?" Just me. Love the interaction and made me look up some of the shows I hadn't heard of. So Brooke's hollering at us while we're hollering right at Brooke. Thanks so much, Brooke. Brooke, that was this so is, sweet. Yeah. This entire episode was us talking back to you from yeah. 1996. Yeah, from 1996. Talking, talking directly for, to you. This was just for you, Brooke, and nobody else is allowed to listen to it. All y'all leave. Yeah, it's a it's a real bad marketing campaign. But yeah, we Brooke were earned it. We did bad, but uh, yeah, she did. She she earned it. Yep, yep. Good for you. Two for you, Glenn Coco. Sorry, you go, Glenn sorry, Coco. you got a weird one, Brooke. Yeah, this, this is, is a this weird is, one. I mean, honestly, it's, it makes sense. If we're going to start doling out like very narrow casted episodes, it, it can't be our best of our best. We don't. Ha- oh, 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 whoa, whoa. What did I just see? What? So some people, it seems, have been. We actually have a bunch of new like ratings without reviews. Um, we're up to 13 ratings. Um, 12 five star ratings. We have one one-star rating. Oh, really? dear. Y'all, we got haters. I will treasure that one star. We yeah. got I haters, will, y'all. We've made it. We've got a hater. I will treasure that one star. Mm, I'm, I'm, I mean, feed it to me. If there's one thing people know about me, it's that I want to let my haters be my motivators. But I, was not, I wasn't prepared. I wasn't prepared to see. I saw 13 star ratings, and we have four and a half stars. And I was like, why do we only have half a star? What it should be all five star? Oh, someone gave us a one star rating. They were huge, huge fans of Kimmy or not Kimmy Schmidt. What was that terrible show we watched? Kimmy Schmidt is selfie. Great. Selfie. They were huge selfie fans. Yeah. In in retrospect, maybe when I got drunk and gave us one star for our talking about selfie <laughs> for, our, for our selfie hate, might have been me. It wasn't me. No, there's a hater out there, man. But they didn't leave a review. They're they're they're, they're this a, hater. What a coward! I was just I gonna say, what a fucking coward! Didn't even say it to our faces. What Couldn't a even say it what to a our sniveling, worm tongue, greasy what, coward. Wouldn't okay. even put their iTunes handle next to it. Mm. Harsh, harsh. Uh, Ronnie, have we officially decided on our next special secret project, a la Drunk Smallville? I believe we have. So I'll tell everybody what we're gonna do. This is gonna be this is gonna be Evan's pet project now, like how Smallville was Andy's pet project. And what we're gonna do, we're also gonna get drunk again for this one. Oh and... god! <laughs> but should not... I say Andraste? <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, there was a very short-lived Dragon Age web series starring Felicia Day. It's an official. Dragon Age licensed product produced in association with Bioware. It is, I believe, six episodes long. Uh, so we decided it's not long enough for a regular uh, four-episode run, 
but we're going to do a special drunk series on it. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming one to two episodes, unless I get really, really carried away talking about Dragon Age lore, because I've been known to do that. So that's what we're going to do. If you... If all y'all give us... What's it? Ten more... Ten more iTunes reviews, Ten not more. just ratings, not just star ratings. We want you to write a nice thing to us or a bad thing to us. Honestly, I don't know. Yeah, that we're looking for bad ones count if you really have yeah. those strong feelings. You know that you will be upsetting me, but um, yeah, and don't do it ironically. Don't be like, "Haha, I just want to do a one star review." Like if you if you hate the show, then hate the show. But like, don't don't be a jerk. <laughs> also, if you hate the show, come at me on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Andy, Andy's been active on Twitter, I will which fight I know you in a because he's not parking lot. Because they've been liking stuff. <laughs> That's it, and not actually tweeting. Just Yo, liking Dave, Dave Batista has lit Twitter up. Yeah, and I'm here for it. Calling uh, out Nazis, it's great. All right. Anyway, give us more iTunes reviews, and I will uh, get drunk and yell about Dragon Age for yep. at least an hour, at least. Probably longer. Will you talk about Iron Bull's penis? Maybe. That's a thing that Maybe. happens in Secret Dragon Age. Who knows what might happen? Secret Dragon Age. TM, TM, TM. <laughs> by Bioware, not by us. <laughs> All right. I think, that's, I think that's it. I think we're going to wrap up here. Yeah. So a special little mini announcement. Um, I was on the Meddling Kids podcast this past week. Um that should be coming. That should be dropping the same day that this is dropping on, on that Wednesday. So, so check that out. What a spicy um, Wednesday! Yeah. The host Julie uh, interviewed me about my uh, theories surrounding one Scubert Do, and uh, if you know what's what's his deal? What a, is he what a, a monster? Is he an alien? Is he a ghost? Um, or is he just like a figment of our imagination? You have to. He's an inhuman. He got the terrigens, <laughs> he and it yes, fucked him yes. up real good. <laughs> yes. Um, you can uh, you can follow uh, Meddling Kids podcast at Meddling Kids Pod, and keep an eye out. Listen, listen to. I, I kind of get go into a real dark, depressing place. Maybe because I've been watching too much Frequency lately. Um, and but I pull it back out. I pull out of it. I think so. It's you know, good you be the out. judge. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness gracious. Follow us on Twitter at PendingPod. Follow us on Facebook at PendingPod. Send us an email, PendingPod at gmail.com. Get on iTunes. You want that? The good, good Dragon Age web series. You've got to give us those iTunes reviews. If if you've already given us iTunes reviews, tell your friends. Get them them to give us iTunes reviews too. And, uh, and, And then you'll get another lovely drunk adventure. Don't feed your badgers. No, do. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Do feed. We're your never badgers. doing fire badgers. What? <laughs> we feed feed the fireflies in your bad in your closet badgers. Feed the badgers in your closet with fireflies. <laughs>